0: I'm living in this biased world, referring to my race. I'm using target practice by the color of my face. Police just shoot down a black extinction chase. They fight for self-defense, or clearly, as it states. You never know what goes around, especially in the streets. Got exes on my back, my head including on my feet. The war will never end. I got scars upon my cheeks. My folks are dying young from police brutality. They say hate's a strong word, but that's just how I feel. Ain't sugarcoating nothing, I'm just here to keep it real. You startin' all the violence, but the families need to heal. Shooting out a bullet, that's a child that you just killed. I'm not here to judge, I just clearly state the truth. I'ma speak until I die, don't consider me a mute. You killing all my people, do you really think it's cute? We overturn our actions, just imagine if it's you. My soul is crying, kids are dying, where am I supposed to be? Bullets flying, folks are wild, and police sipping tea. You can keep all your sorries, to be honest, talk is cheap. We waited for the day when the mayor's on his knees. Yeah, so that was just a snippet, (laughs) because that was a preview, you can't get the whole thing, yes.
1: Hey everyone, it's me, Mimi, and you're tuning in to another episode of VA Voices. Today we have a special episode for you as we get to listen in on some of the performances by members of the performance group Kumbelinks. You get to hear some of the amazing artistry through poetry that they uh, perform for, for us, and we get to hear from some of the founding members of the group also. So if you think about the civil rights fight of the 50s and 60s, you can definitely see the parallel between the fight going on in the 2018 and the 2019 years. The battle is the same, but the weapons of war have changed. So now, if you think about performance artists, our our weapon is our voice. So we get to use our voices to fight for change. And that is what this group, Kumba Links, is doing. So right now you, you get to take a listen to Jaquanda Viegas, who is one of the founding members of Kumba Links, as she explains the organization's message as well as its special meaning moniker.
2: My name is Jaquanda Viegas, and I am one of the co-founders and co-directors of the organization. And my co-founders are Jacinda Bully and Leda Garcia. So, Kumba comes from the Swahili word which means creativity, and lynx has a double meaning. Um, it represents a small wildcat, uh, the lynx wildcat that has a mighty roar, but it also represents Links like Links in a chain, um, linked together. So we have a slogan, which is creativity linked together with a mighty roar. Growing up as a teen, you know, in my late teens, I just felt a responsibility to the future and to the future generation. Um, I had some love and passion for mentoring and some love and passion for arts, and I thought it makes sense to pass that on to somebody who will be able to find their voice through, through arts and, um, and learn about community through mentorship.
3: During these marches, King and other demonstrators were struck by bricks and bottles. Well, this is a terrible thing. I've been in many demonstrations all across the South. But I can say that I have never seen, even in Mississippi and Alabama, mobs as hostile and as
4: hate-filled as I've seen in Chicago. But the march will go on anyway? Oh, very definitely. You know, we're doing stuff with our forms. is isn't just getting here, learning and going home, but we're actually putting you out into the communities. We are involved in the protests that happened too, uh, citywide, because we want to do like a practice what we preach type thing. So we're not just telling you to be conscious of the world, but we're telling you to let's get active in being conscious and let's get active in what that means for you as a youth and as an artist, as a conscious artist, um, to not just hop on your keyboard, but to actually be involved in potential change in our city.
1: You guys, now we're going to hear from Four of the artists. We'll hear from Evan, who is a former Kumbelinks artist that came back to the organization while in college to mentor others. Uh, we'll hear from team leaders Darius and Imani, Imani who has opened the podcast with her poem about police brutality, and we'll hear from fellow member Victor. These are the artistic voices of the past, present, and future revolution.
5: Um, KumbaLinks is kind of a safe space so it provides an atmosphere for young black and brown kids who may not have an artistic outlet at school or may not have support from the adults in their life to express themselves in things that aren't math and things that aren't athletics to come here and do that.
4: What I love about KumbaLinks is the fact that it offers platforms for uh, youth period so um, it's used from different backgrounds, uh, ages, creeds, sexual orientation, religious backgrounds, it doesn't matter um, if you have a love for the arts and a love for understanding and uh, learning how to critically analyze the world that you live in through social justice art, um, then this is the space for you.
0: It was just like yes, finally something, doing something that I love every single day. Like it's 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 a commitment. It's a job.
6: Okay, so inside Kumbelinks, you come in and you meet so many people that are either just like you or have the same kind of dream like are pursuing the same thing as you, whether it's going into dance or being a poet, being a, a producer or MC, being a graph artist, a DJ, photographer, you know, you have all these different elements of hip hop and art and you come in and you just do those full out with all your heart, like with all the passion you have and all the grit. and. You know, people in here, they love to see that. You know, they love to see you do your work and flourish with it. And there's no judgment here, which is a huge thing.
0: You can say that everybody's a respected, just unique individual here. Like there is no, there is no you against me or them against us. It's like, we're just one big family. Like you can literally go over to their houses and like go in their fridge and they would not care. Just, that's just how comfortable we are with each other
5: artistic, being 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 able to express yourself artistically is a lot more positive than we're afforded. Um, Through social media, through protest, you can be a louder voice, a more physical voice, but your art can speak for you and do it peacefully. And so Kubalinks allows you to know how to do that. It allows you to be proud of what you do. It allows you to be proud of anything that you can express outside of your physical being. And so whether that be poetry, painting, graffiti, singing, uh, anything, um, it allows that. And I think that's invaluable.
2: We like to say that we provide liberation through artistic excellence um, and, and, and the goal behind that still remains that we need to be able to empower ourselves through the way that we see ourselves um, and recognize that our voice comes from our experiences and comes from um, the, the challenges that we face in the world and how do we resist and we resist through our spoken word, we resist through our dance, we resist through community building and critical thought and examination of the world around us.
6: It's very diverse. I would say it's a, like the people that come here, I would say it's a majority people of color, definitely. Like we have um, black, we have uh, Latinas, Latinos, Um, we have, you know, people of the Asian descent, and things of, and people of those natures but we also you know we also do have um, white kids and we have um white people and I just think it doesn't really matter to me.
0: And you have people who are just so welcoming and you have people who are not just here because oh we're black people we're, we stick together we have we're here because we all have a common goal we have a common word. Like, everybody wants to be here because they want to get their voice heard. Not just because, you know, oh, we get our voice heard, everybody will notice us, but because if we don't have a voice, then we're not a society.
5: Cooper is a safe space. Um, it allows us a space where we can deconstruct who we are, um, the world around us, and where our place is in it. Um, it allows us to protest artistically and co- um, constructively. And so, yeah, it's, um, it's a special place, it's um, a place where you know you can come and no matter who you are outside of this, these walls and what you've done, um, who you've been and who you are too, um, you can be you here. Um, that's not something we're afforded a lot as young black individuals in this city. Um, we're often criminalized before we even open our mouths, we're not afforded opportunities to excel and here none of that matters. Um, of course it matters in the sense that that is our source of expression but it doesn't define our expression. It doesn't say that we can't do this because we're like this. It says that we're able to do this because of this, in spite of this.
4: kumbh accepted me for who I am, um, period. And they understood that I was gonna come in, I was gonna need some work, and I feel like that goes for every youth that enters these doors, that nobody's gonna come in perfect, no artist is gonna come in perfect, but they give you that nurturing and that love to support you in growth. Um, I feel like there, if there were more spaces in the world where youth could be who they want to be and be comfortable and, 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 and know that they're secure in the fact that they can do that and still grow, um, I feel like the world would be a much better place if there was creative outlets for youth. Because um, they're taking the arts out of our schools,
5: which I leave my youth no ways to be creative. We do different acting and I'm different singing and different music, interpretation and expression.
0: And so that's what Cuba links is all about. It's all about just getting, getting a a word out there to let people know that we're here trying to make a difference. Like, what are you doing? Like, come, come along with like all family. You have, there it's not, it doesn't matter if you're white, black, Latino, Muslim, Indian, like you are accepted here. It's not about your skin color, your race, or what school you go to. It's just about if you are willing to put in the work as much as you say you are, like if you're willing, to get down and say, okay, I'm here, okay, I'm here. Like, If you're willing to put in that work, if you're willing to put in that effort, then come along, Like, and nobody is stopping you. Like, There's nothing holding you back. It's just, if you're just, if you wanna have a voice as much as you say you do, then yeah.
5: Outside these walls, it's not like that all the time. Oftentimes, we see violence on an everyday basis. Um, we go to schools where we're not afforded the same opportunities and we know that we're not afforded those opportunities. None of that matters here. I think that's why this space is so special. It provides opportunity like that, where at one point, you can be screaming at the top of your lungs, but the other one, you can be whispering as soft as possible because your voice still matters, and finding that space where it does still matter. We get to see different lenses of how to be black and how to be Latino or Latinx. Um, there's, there's a large African and Caribbean community up north Whereas out South, it's more of a Southern kind of feel. Um, You have different types of being black that all kind of come together here. And I think that is something that we're not afforded outside of these walls. We're all categorized as you're this because you look like this. Whereas cultural differences, the food we eat, what we're exposed to, the music we listen to, all defines who we are and how we live in this world. And um, I think that's something we get from each other. You don't have anybody in here who's had the exact same experience as you, but you know that certain things do dictate how you experience things but they also kind of shift your lens so that you can open up to other things.
1: Guys, let's hear another poem or spoken word poem, this time from Victor expressing himself in his relationship with his absentee father. This poem was very touching. And if you listen closely, just really pay attention and listen to every word that Victor is saying. If you don't feel um, changed after this, then you probably are empty inside. Don't be empty inside, guys. This is Victor.
6: For the first four years of my life, I was frolicking this playground my mother created for me. Swing set, seesaw, and slide. There was so much to play on. Once running through the sand pit, I tumbled into a slide. Don't know how it got there or who my mother collaborated with to create it. And after years of questioning this slide, I finally found the architect. He says he loves me. Don't know if I should say it back or smile, but there is this fear inside of me asking why it took so long to realize I can grow into a man without the help of one. All the endless pushes on swings, games of hide and seek, but there is no winning when it takes four years to find someone. On Father's Day, he asks me what I got him. When I was standing right there, running on wood chips and concrete, asking for him to play tag with me. The first time I hear my parents fight, I'm stuck between defending my mom and my six-year-old tears. So I reimagine us at the playground and I know this one well. I'm atop the tallest slide, look over the ledge to see them both waiting for me at the bottom. My dad catches me like he will never let me hit the ground. This place of play was supposed to hold every year of my life and sturdy my happiness. I dream to run on a playground that is built on more than my mother's smile. More than just one slide in my dad's corner. Dad is trying to speak to me like we have everything to speak about. Like he built all the monkey bars I taught myself to climb. This playing field has held many boys with this exact story. Where your father creates a snake slide for you, but leaves you to teach yourself how to climb to the top of it. Never taught me how to save all my sorrow for when I'm off the slide. Maybe if I was a little bit less careful on the equipment, he would see how broken I am now. How much I want us to have a relationship like recess. Something I can look forward to every day I wake up, but when he buries my blueprint under his feet, I feel like an accidental piece of construction. Like he built a slide with no intention of teaching me how to make my way down. Swings begin to break. Monkey bars rust. I'm 16 now, and the equipment is so much different. I have one blueprint. Though I wish it was possible, we can't go back and start over. I can no longer play on this playground. But I beg to rebuild a new foundation so we can construct our corner once again. That's
1: that. <laughs> OK, now we have Jacinda Bully, who is the second of three women that co-founded the group. Uh, and she's going to explain the organization's origins, um, how they started, what inspired them to come together, and what she foresees for the group's future.
7: About 20 years ago, myself and two other sisters, I think we were about 19, and we decided to, to create um, Kumba Links. Um, who had been nurtured by the movement, if you will, um, whether that was through our parents' affiliations with organizations like the Black Panther Party or the Rainbow Coalition. Um, We were navigating our own identity and our own experiences with white supremacy and oppression um, through a vehicle called hip hop.
2: Our mission 20 years ago was to use hip hop -hop as a tool for social justice and resistance um, to empower the youth's voice. After we realized how powerful
7: hip hop could be, we
2: um, collectively decided that we
7: wanted to start using it to impact, um, inspire our own lives and the lives of, of youth that we were surrounded by every day. So we started an after school sort of performance, hip hop based program.
0: During the school year, like junior year, they were trying to get us in as much activities as possible so that we have something to put on our college applications or like applications in the future that we did something productive.
7: And fast forward five, seven years, we grew. Um, We were able to create spaces um, in, in, in uptown first, and then citywide, where we were um, engaging with young folks and their families around issues that were relevant to us, and doing the work of interrogating race, class, and gender for the purpose of freedom.
4: Um, that's basically what we kind of uh, we pretty much do here is uh, hip hop theater. So it's using the elements of hip hop, infusing it with theater, and coming up with all original works, just centered around uh, original poems, stories, skits. Um, songs written by the youth. and So they get to perform their pieces that they write uh, in the program.
2: We used hip-hop as a means for creativity because that's where we found our voice. That's where we grew. Um, we came out of the 90's, the early 90's era of hip-hop and house music in Chicago um, and that's where we felt free um, at the parties or you know in the on the back porch rhyming with each other or um, dancing. It, it was natural. It was what we did. In fact, back then we didn't really call it hip hop. It was just what we did. And, um, and then later recognize, you know, just the use of the word hip hop and how that really did mirror our our actions, our, um, our work and our mission. So hip hop is... Is who we've always been, so that's why we went that way, that route. I I believe that the mission is is still the same. Um, it's just it's maturing.
1: So, how do you get teenagers to get away from the video games and the cell phones to understand and take part of the world around them? So, if you think about it today. If you have a teenager, if you know a teenager, their heads are buried in their phones. You cannot grab their attention unless it's something uh, that's related to social media. The way that you get them to take part in the world around them, just listen right now. All it took was one aha moment.
4: Um, initially, when I joined, like, man, coomlings, man, we trying to join, man, ain't finna go fight the man. I ain't trying to fight the man. I don't. I don't care about that stuff. I don't. They don't affect me. Um, but little did I know <laughs> how wrong and uh, ignorant we were because we were young, and you know we didn't really uh, understand the type of world that we were growing up in.
5: Basically, we talk about um, humanities, different things that are happening in the world around us, things that pertain to being black and brown right now, and in, in, um, our culture and our society. Um, we also talk about. Um, how to interpret these things and what it means to see these things happening. How these laws that are being, that are not necessarily de facto law, but are more de jure racism, how they affect us still, and how we can get those out of the way.
4: And so just being in Kumbelinks and having these conversations when I'm 16, 17 years old, with my mentors, Jacinda and Jaquanda, um, letting me know, like, yo, this is what it is. Black man, what you gonna do? This is what it is. This is the world you got to live in. And what you gonna do about that? What you gonna say to the show under you? What mark are you gonna make? And it's like, whoa, um, never thought about that. <laughs> oh. So um, th- that was really, really interesting.
5: So my own experiences in Chicago are very skewed. Um, I definitely grew up in a very privileged family where I was afforded private education and I was afforded teachers that were very open to talk about things happening outside of the comfort zone of what's socially acceptable and what's not and what's morally right. Um, most of my um, teachers up until 8th grade were former activists. I went to a school in Hyde Park um, and Kona School where it was a very open discussion about what was right and what was wrong in terms of protesting and understanding everybody on an equal playing field. That's something that's not afforded to a lot of black and brown kids. Being in this space, um, I get to discuss realities that may not be my own. And So being a black and brown man in Chicago It depends on the setting and it depends on where you are. Um, Most of the time, my own experiences are positive, but I'm completely aware that I don't look like the typical African-American male. I'm aware that I'm not from where the typical African-American male is from. And that in itself, and when I go out with my friends or I see different people who may get that, who get negative responses based on how they look, makes me more aware.
2: We like to say that we provide liberation through artistic excellence. Um, and, And and the goal behind that still remains that we need to be able to empower ourselves through the way that we see ourselves um, and recognize that our voice comes from our experiences and comes from um, the the challenges that we face in the world and how do we resist and we resist through our spoken word we resist through our dance we resist through community building and critical thought and examination of the world around us.
4: We have um, uh, an alumni, her name is FM Supreme, Jessica Disu, um, and she's like this social justice, peace activist, um, getting national recognition now. She uh, just recently did an interview um, where she said, we need to police the police. And so her Twitter and her Facebook are just going up about people talking about, oh, FM Supreme is a terrorist and love just a whole bunch of bs because she's honestly speaking about how unjust this country is and her opinions and how she's using her art form which is uh emceeing she's a rapper as well she's really dope um but she came up through the program with kumba Links. um i myself i just uh produced and directed my own play um through kumba Links called after midnight which um, i'm featuring tomorrow actually but it's like they give you the platform and they tell you to run with it use your art and uh build yourself up to create and to inspire and to let the shorties know that they can do it too.
1: It would seem as though Kumba Links is based around social justice change only, but that's not the case. There are still a majority of the youth here that want stardom, but it's not what they learn now that can help them better use the stardom in the future. It's how they can make a world of difference.
6: Showing them how people who love to do what they do have grown as an artist and have grown as a person what opportunities they've received through Kumbalinks, Links and noting that, and everyone wants to receive this opportunity, you know, everyone wants to get big, you know, that's the, that's the dream. Um, and so I don't hit them with the, oh, you're going to be huge and famous speech, um, but I hit them with the, you know, coming here, you're going to be, you're going to grow as an artist so much and you're going to meet people and make connections that will be everlasting especially within a tight-knit community of people that love to do what you do as well. And I think that's really what's brought people to Kumbalinks is that idea of a family that loves, that all loves art and loves to do what they do.
1: We asked Jaquanda about her most recent bout with racism and how she handled it. And she stood in front of her Kumba Links family and she told us her thought process how she handled it, and she gave advice to everyone listening, specifically all the kids listening.
2: Um, I, have dealt with racism uh, my whole life. I, actually, um, was born in South Carolina, so I know, you know, the remnants of Jim Crow. I know um, how that, you know, has traveled with. Uh, You know the southerners moving to the north and and i know um personally in this space and in in you know in my work i've dealt with many situations where i've had to defend my youth um, against racist police against um racism that they that they're dealing with in random stores or Whatever, but the most, the one that strikes me the most is the one that happened about two summers ago. Um, During programming, um, I had parked my car in front of the park and came upstairs, and I had got a rush of youth coming into the office and tell me that my car is being um, searched, and one of our youth is being handcuffed, and. I had to go outside and um, deal with that and basically it was, um, there was no reason for them to do either Um, and I had to like uh, put into some of the training that we have already instilled into this space around um, police brutality and what we should do when we're confronted with cops um, and what our rights are and I remember um, just being in the moment and, and trying to recall that training, but also suppress the anger that I was feeling within myself, which was telling me to just act out of character and defend the kids no matter what. Um, they were called out of their names. They, you know, were um, manhandled. And in that moment, um, it was just another sobering moment you know just when we're here you know five days out of the week working with kids trying to get them to you know learn about themselves and and survive and and thrive and we're offering all this positive programming and we're trying to educate them about the systems that you know exist around them and and could hold them down um, and then be placed in the moment with uh, police that are not, you know, doing just by our youth. Um, It was just, it it was, it was difficult and it was, um, but it was challenging my knowledge and challenging my skill set around communication and and, um, not, losing my mind in front of the kids but teaching them how to communicate in those moments and i was able to um i was able to tell the police officer you know these aren't motherfuckers these are kids you know and they're doing what they're supposed to be doing right now so let's recognize that um i was able to tell the kids you have a right to videotape but don't provoke them don't yell at them. Don't say things to them that are going to make them lock you up. You know, claim your right, but, but you know, because you, you can't control what they're going to do to you. And then I had to go to court with the young man that got arrested and, you know, carried off in the car and had to deal with, you know, his family and, and, and the police and the, the judge and, and all of that. You know, but um, I think it just is, it just is what's happening to our kids and our, and obviously in this last few months, um, it's just, it's always another harsh reminder. Um, but I think what's important for Kumbalinks is that we have to continue to give them the tools to be able to deal with what comes at them, um, whether it be from, you know, police or whether it be from their, from each other. Um, and as long as we're continuing to, you know, provide, you know, trainings and workshops and conversations and, and walks home and drives home and just like in, intimate mentorship, um, I think we're doing what we can do. And I'm good with that.
1: Here is Darius, and he has shared a poem with us that he'd written called Wade in the Water. It's an excerpt from his stage play entitled After Midnight. You guys, this is Darius.
4: Are my people's struggles not good enough for you? Or the way they pick cotton not intriguing enough? Or the way they endured hours of lashes of fire on their backs in order to see their families at night? Tell me, is my history boring? Or is my black offensive? Those 28 days in February is all some of us got. My ancestors have bled on your America's flag long after slavery. Suffocating beneath red waters. We're waiting on hands and feet, writing our history on waves, carrying our lineage on backs. You see bullets bounce between ocean currents like middle passages, like black boys floating in pools of blood. I am the blood and sweat of my ancestors seeped into this soil that produced the strangest of fruit. I am sand castles built on concrete because concrete can't stand sand anymore. Just like America can't seem to stand those black boys anymore. Like guns and hymns and black boys and black girls and black boys and black girls. It's (laughs) no different. Carter G. Woodson. Created Black History Week as a means to give credit to the diligence within the bones of my people. A confirmation that invention and innovation isn't just a white thing, and that my melanin was good for something more than collard greens and fried chicken. I'm the fights and Martin's voice, the rage and Malcolm's power, cunning, like Harriet Brave, like Rosa Fett, the fuck up, like you, like me, of this country and its injustice. My people are strong and i'm still stuck trying to connect dots of blood and bone wonder what my true history even is that being black is even real what is black what is real i'm african the nile river is pumping through my veins i am Ghanaian, sudanese i am kenyan egyptian moroccan somalian i am the scriptures lost at sea i'm waiting amongst all these waters searching waiting forever waiting wondering if time could be stopped, peace.
1: I was curious to find out, with so many young voices needing to be heard today, um, and how artistry affects that. I was curious how Jacinda and Jaquanda felt about their young artist. I was not surprised by their answers at all.
7: It has been twenty years of critical love, um, a lot of sacrifice, uh, a com commitments, partnerships, relationships, uh, being willing to change yourself, to deconstruct and reconstruct yourself daily, to do the work of showing up and do the work of the personal, um, but also being willing to work with others. Um, It's been 20 years of uh, defining voice for ourselves and while not harming others um, and inviting others to define what voice for them looks like, um, yeah, it's been a lot of love, a lot of family, a lot of um, time and resources invested in,
2: in your heart, in your heart work and in your soul work. They are the love of my life. Um, Uh, We have youth from eight years old to 25-year-olds and they come from 27 different communities across Chicago. We have programming here, but we also have programming on the southwest side um, and the west side of Chicago, so it is a beautiful, diverse, um, intelligent family that you know is streamed together through um, through struggle through experiences um, through disenfranchisement through gentrification um, um, but the the youth that come here no matter what you know they're going through or no matter what challenges they may face always, Um, will reflect and talk about the family that they found in this space and in our programming. For me, the youth are the love of my life. They are my babies. They are my teens. They are my young adults. Um, And so, yeah, they're wonderful.
4: So what you need to do is just come. Kumba Links is a lifelong bond. Um, No matter how far where you may go or um, how old you get, Jacinda and Jaquanda are still going to be in your ear. And that's what I truly love is that it's a family bond. Like I call them my mentors, but those are like my second mothers. They, they've always been there. They've showed me so many parts of the country. Uh, we traveled to Atlanta, Los Angeles, Philadelphia. Um, they just recently took us to Morocco and Africa uh, in April. So it's like, I never would have seen or experienced or met some of the amazing people that I have in the world if it wasn't for kumblings.
5: Um, But there also are kids who never have heard of an ACT or have never experienced um, a vacation or just getting out of the city and being away from their neighborhood for more than a day. So you have, I think that's what makes Gumbelink so special, it attracts kids from all over the city, but it also provides a space where everybody's on equal leveling. Nobody's coming here and like, oh look what I have, oh look at this thing that I bought. More so it's, what can I um, give? It's more what is about, what's about me that's special that I can't buy in a store. It's what's about us as black individuals and brown individuals that makes us special that society doesn't let us see and let us do. It's more so, I think that all these kids do have diverse experiences and they sh- definitely shape how they express themselves here, but they know they can express themselves here. And I think that's why it's so important to have this space.
2: Um, 20 years from now, I see... <sighs> 20 years is a long distance away, but um, it does move really quickly because I can't believe it's been 20 years already. But um, I see myself still um, committed to youth lives, um, into our community, empowerment. I see myself um, still uh, trying to shape out spaces and um, avenues for our future to continue to grow prosperously. (laughs) Um, I see um, um, existing and being sustainable um, beyond the next 20 and the next 20. Um, and I see that because I see um, the youth coming back and really stepping up and taking that 18, 19-year-old position that I had um, when I was first turned on to to being accountable um, and, and um, they have vision, and the vision goes, goes beyond what we could ever vision. So that gives me hope, and, um, and I do see that, that in 20 years from now, this could be, it's, it just has so much potential.
3: Meet the Press, America's press conference of the air and winner of every major award in its field, is a public affairs presentation of NBC News. Our guest today on Meet the Press is Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., who led the civil rights march from Selma to Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, Dr. King, uh, former President Truman, was quoted by the AP as saying that the march from Selma, and this was his word, was silly and can't accomplish a darn thing except to attract attention. Well, first, I would say that the march was not silly at all. Uh, I would think that uh, the march did more to dramatize the indignities and the injustices that Negro people continue to face in the state of Alabama and many other sections of the South. I think it was the most powerful and dramatic civil rights protest that has ever taken place in the South. And I think it well justified the cost that we put in it. But uh, after all, we know in a nonviolent movement that there are these uh, possibilities, and we go on with the faith that unmerited suffering is redemptive.
1: It is very important that people realize that they can use their voices and their art as a tool yes you can become rich and famous we all want to be rich and famous but you can also use your art to change the world listen no one is going to remember who won the academy award 10 years ago i can't remember who won the academy Award. i can't remember who won the academy award last year but everyone remembers maya angelo james baldwin and langston hughes we remember their names because of their important attributes to society, what they gave us. We remember them because their voices were so strong. And you want everyone to remember you. So you have to always use your voice, your artistry, as a tool to change the world. Make sure you all go and support Kumba Links. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram. That's Kumblinks. K-U-U-M-B-A l y n x again find them on facebook and instagram they are also on youtube you can just go to youtube type in the search bar and you get to see so many fantastic uh, videos of the artists performing Um, they are extremely talented i've watched a few of the videos i've actually had the pleasure of seeing them perform uh, live in person during an after school event here in chicago So make sure you support Kumbalinks. Make sure you are subscribed to VA Voices. We are on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and Stitcher, uh, VA Voices again. Subscribe, make sure you're tuning in to all the new episodes. And if you would like more information about Kumbalinks, or you have other suggestions for artists that you'd like to see featured here on VA Voices, Uh, Make sure you send me an email. That's Mimi at variousartists.tv. M-E-M-E at V-A-R-I-O-U-S-A-R-T-I-S-T-S.tv. I I almost couldn't spell right there. (laughs) You guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of VA Voices, and you can catch us next time. Thanks, you guys.